thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and it gives me great pleasure, as always, to welcome the co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys, the inspirational Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. Hello, legend. Great to be with you again on 100 Not Out. Can, did you know that we are about to interview the great Dr. John Demartini for the very for the third time on 100 Not it's Out? Got Gotta yeah, be a record, I think, surely. I think it might be 260 odd episodes in. Dr. D. Martini's work gets a regular mention on our podcast, but it would be unfair to Dr. D. Martini and our listeners, especially the new ones, if we didn't provide some context as to why we hold the great man in such high regard. As a young mm. child, Dr. John D. Martini wore hand and leg braces to correct a birth defect. At school, he had difficulty reading, writing, and speaking, which was later diagnosed as dyslexia and a speech impediment. In first grade, his teacher announced to his parents that he would never read, write, communicate, never amount to anything, nor go very far in life. Then at the age of 14, he left school, headed for Hawaii, where at 17, he had a near-death experience as a result of strychnine poisoning. At 17, he met 93-year-old Paul Bragg, who assisted him to awaken to an inspired vision of becoming a teacher, healer, and philosopher. To cut a long story short, he went on to do all of those things, and at 63 not out, Dr. Demartini has now spent over 42 years avidly researching over 260 different disciplines and ologies, such as psychology, cosmology, economics, sociology, biology, theology, and so on. Today, Dr. Demartini travels over 360 days a year to more than 50 countries where he shares his research and findings across the globe. He is the author of over 40 books, 50 audio and video programs. Millions of people recognize him from his role in The Secret, and I've hardly scratched the surface. On most weekends mm-hmm. of the year, you will find Dr. Demartini presenting his signature course, The Breakthrough Experience, of which Damien and myself have both completed in our time. And it is here that Dr. Demartini teaches and helps people to reduce stress, resolve conflict, and to allow people to open their heart and mind to a new perspective and paradigm for life. Today, Dr. Demartini has been good enough to give us some time uh, just after finishing the Breakthrough Experience in Perth. For the very third time, Dr. Demartini, welcome to 100 Not Out. Well, thank you. <laughs> one, <laughs> and, one uh, <laughs> that's almost the end of the podcast. Well, just just, with the we interview. have to give the context because we refer to the great man <laughs> so true. often on the on the episodes, and half the time I think yeah, we, we never really give enough context. So it has to be done. That's true. Yeah. Well, well, there's definitely no absence of context there, Doctor Demartini. It is great to have you back on our show. Uh, we we do refer to your work so often, and we love praising you and so, telling everybody how good you are. We, just because we've had such a great experience, but I think we're all a bit confused at the moment. We're all a little bit up in the air. We're kind of wondering what's happening with the world. You know, there's political stuff happening in the US. There's stuff happening in Korea. There's stuff happening here in Australia. There seems to be conspiracy all over the place. Can you help us? settle our minds a little bit. What's your take on the world at the moment, Dr. Demartini? <laughs> well, um, you know, it, it all depends on how we perceive it because um, if we get misled into a highly polarized perspective and don't ground ourselves by seeing both sides, we can emotionally react instead of wisely act. So mm-hmm. I'm, not a, I'm, not, I'm not much into, you know, gloom and doom or zoom and boom 
I'm interested <laughs> in the reality of the center because um, I find that most of us have subjectively biased ourselves instead of objectively reasoned ourselves. And uh, so I, I see the world through both sides, not one side. I find myself being able to not be distracted, but being focused on my mission instead of my distraction. So I'm thinking, mm. based on your, your as you as we can tell, you've got a husky voice. You said you've been um, consulting till one a.m. in the morning on top of running the breakthrough experience. I would be assuming that a number of um, people that require that that are that are after your consulting um, insights are somewhat um, upset at the state of the world. So, particularly in your home country of the U.S., when people come to you, um, what exactly do you find is not, not their concern, but their response to your insights, because half of this comes down to people's own resistance, I'm sure. Well, are you, I'm assuming you're referring to the Donald? <laughs> yeah, that would be number one on the list for most people. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, so. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You know, I, yeah. I, I guess I've had the opportunity to meet Donald and in many occasions because I lived underneath him in Trump Tower for a while. And um, so I've interacted with him. I've also present, done presentations alongside him. Um, I've seen him under both contexts. I've seen him when he's very present, very uh, quiet, very um, caring and nurturing with his family. Um, my wife used to interact with um, his other wife on many occasions, and so we've interacted. I've also seen him ranting and so running his PR games. Um, so, and the, and the publicity that he utilizes to accomplish some of the goals he wants to do um, probably confuses a lot of people. Also know that the media love tacking him because that sells media. Uh, I, I know that they also like to concentrate on all of his controversial stuff instead of all the things he does accomplish. And so that gives, uh, adds fuel to fire, as they say, and controversy to sell media. But there's a gentleman who's a professor, I don't remember his name exactly, but I remember reading it on a number of occasions, who is concentrating on what is being accomplished, and he's a little bit more objective, and I find that um, grounding ourselves with some of those things are useful too. So I, I, I don't have a major charge on Donald, I don't have a major, um, I don't put him on a pedestal or pit, I, I just see him as a human being trying to do what his agenda is, but I think that... Um, there's easily fuel that we can play with uh, because he's, he's quite controversial and he, he's quite um, dramatic at times. But the bottom line is what we get accomplished. That's what, that's what matters, not, not how we do it or what we do. Um, so I, I'm not really attached to Donald's antics. I'm more interested in what goes on in the world. And, I, and, I, and I'm preoccupied with many things going on in many countries. I mean, I've been blessed to meet many people from different countries and see and do it, but I can to contribute. If we look at the problems that we don't focus on the solutions, we usually get distracted. So Donald sometimes because of his, his, uh, his games that he plays can um, sidetrack people from focusing on what needs to be done and what can be done and what is being done. Mm, great perspective. It's very grounding. I feel very grounded already. Dr. Martini, thank you. It's very good. There's a thing called social media, which I'm sure you're very aware of, and uh, and obviously social media has the potential to inflate the ego 
and most of the time, most people are just doing the uh, the show reel, the good stuff, um, or the really, really sad stuff, so they can get some validation. Um, what sort of advice do you have for people wrapped up in comparing themselves to what they see in social media, watch on TV, and reading magazines? Obviously, in the context of what we see with Donald Trump, um, you know, we're only getting in Australia one side of the story, and unless you're watching Fox over in the states. You're probably only getting one side of the story as well. So, what's what's your advice for people that are kind of enrolling themselves in a, you know, in a in a life led by social media or the media? Well, there's mass media, and there's more masterful media, and by the time uh, the truth puts on its shoes, uh, the illusions spread across the world. And so sometimes we get swayed and distracted by sensationalism of the senses instead of wisdom of the heart. And I think it's wiser to uh, look for both sides of things. You know, I'd like to think of it this way. I go up to people in the breakthrough experience, which I've been doing now 1,000, nearly 130 times, I think. Um, And I go up to people and I pick somebody in the audience and I say, you're always mean, you're never nice. You're always cruel, you're never kind. You're always negative, you're never positive. You're always wrathful, never peaceful. You're always dingy, never generous. You're always taking, never giving. Do you believe me? And they go, no. I said, well, you're always uh, nice, you're never mean. You're never always kind, you're never cruel. You're always positive, never negative. You're always generous, you're never stingy. You're always peaceful, you're never wrathful. You're always giving, never taking. Do you believe me? And they go, no. I said, sometimes you're nice, sometimes you're mean, sometimes you're kind, sometimes you're cruel, sometimes you're positive, sometimes you're negative, sometimes you're peaceful, sometimes you're wrathful. Do you believe me? And they go, yep. Intuitively, (laughs) we have an internal thermostat, a psychostat, to center ourselves because we know that the bullshit meter to one side or the other is not complete. And somehow people, instead of listening to their intuition, which governs them, they sometimes get into sensationalism and dramatization and lose contact with their intuition, which is trying to center them and uh, get swayed by sensational stuff that sells to the dopamine fixers. And um, as a result of it, we miss out on the magnificence of the two sides and get caught in the triviance of the one side and get caught in sensationalism, which sells. So I, I, I really ask people to don't be swayed by an illusion of one-sidedness because nobody is one-sided. Truth of the center is always there if we look. We just got to take the time to ask questions that center us and calm down the emotional uh, distractions and vicissitudes and perturbations that uh, sensationalism likes to create and get grounded. In, and when we do, we, we find ourselves more productive and more meaningful and more uh, prioritized and more objective. And I find that that's, I'd rather live there than be distracted by an illusion about a human being. Nobody's worth putting on pedestals or putting in pits, but everybody's worth putting in hearts. Absolutely. 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 And this is where I, I, um, I'm curious on your views around everything that you've just said because it seems that the one-sided nature has transcended, well, social media has made it, um, it seems that people are using the one-sided nature of life and, and bringing it on to what I would call some of the most important 
factors of life. Let's do, and I'm going to use marriage as an example. My mum has a one-liner, Dr. Demartini. She says, everyone wants the wedding and no one wants the marriage um, because people are almost addicted to having a partner that is there for them all the time, that is happy all the time or supports them all the time. Um, do you feel that social media or just, just uh, the the... The, the where we are in space and time, do you feel like some of these what I call tenets of a successful life have become more dispensable, whether it's health or whether it's love or whether it's wealth? It seems that it's not just what we see on social media, but it's actually making an impact in some of the key areas of life. Well, social media is neutral. It is neither good nor evil. It's neither positive nor negative. It's simply a technology to express human behavior and as a, you can use it to create your virtues or vice you can use it to um, share your love and advice I mean it depends on how it's used I personally um, don't spend a lot of time on the social media I personally the only time I use it is to try to share whatever I've gleaned and whatever I can learn and share that I think will be a wise thing to that can help people's lives can I ask uh, you on this though? Sorry to interrupt, and I know it's rude for interrupting, but I've just been talking to Justine, who helps your, who helps share your message in Australia, and we were both adamant that you have three hundred thousand likes on Facebook. You should have three million, but because, and I'm going to be completely discriminatory here, because you're not twenty-five mm. uh, with big boobs and in a singlet top with long blonde hair, um, for some reason, a message that should have three million plus has 300,000 plus and that's my, again, maybe I need to go back to the breakthrough experience to, to work on this but that's where I go, well, I understand that social media is neutral but its impact doesn't seem to be neutral. It seems to be creating more destruction than construction but again, very happy for you to disagree with me but what do you think about, about that using your own presence on social media as an example? Well, um, sensationalism is what sells and goes viral. I'm not much of a sensationalist, as you know. I'm more interested in getting, I mean, I've, I've spent my life, 45 years I've been teaching, and I have been studying um, the greatest writers, the greatest teachers, the greatest physicists, the greatest masters, as many fields as I possibly can. And some of them are obscured. They're not uh, sensationalist, but they do some of the greatest work on the planet. So I, I, my that I'm not much of a sensationalist. I don't want to falsely mislead people into fantasies because I don't find that ultimately to their greatest advantage. advantage. But um, on occasion, you hit something that it rings meaningful to people and they go viral with it. Uh, but I'm not, I, I just keep methodically sharing what I believe will be helpful to people. And, um, you know, it's not rah-rah, it's not sensationalism. It's not uh, immediate gratification. It's not, uh, you know, overnight success, overnight wealth. It's just the things that have stood the test of time by the greatest people I've been able to glean insights from um, on the planet. So uh, we have reached with other forms of media, uh, four and a half billion people plus uh, with radio, television, newspapers. I, I do about 40 to 70 articles a month and do interviews about a thousand a year. So we reach millions of people, but we don't get to see that only on Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, I could probably 
do sensational writing on Facebook and reach those numbers. Um, but I'm, I'm preoccupied. Right now I'm working on an astrophysics text on cosmology um, that's intrigued me. I, I'd like to address the cosmological questions and challenge the Big Bang Theory because it's got too many pitfalls but it's being marketed well. Wow. Uh, mm. So I'm, I'm interested in addressing um, uh, educational issues. Uh, we have, I just met with a, uh, somebody very important from a, for an African country that's got issues dealing with mining issues. I, I'm trying to solve uh, issues that are, I think are important too. Mm. And, and I, I don't have, I, I don't have, very good. I don't look good with my blonde wig and my boobs. I just don't look. When <laughs> I've tried to cross dress like that, I found it um, unappealing, and and so I, I I I'm probably not the best marketer because of that. You know, I, I I just I'm, more, I, I, I'm too much of a bookworm, I guess, uh, and too much yeah. of a uh, a grounded person. I, I do have some bad jokes that sometimes go viral. You have some great jokes. As I said <laughs> before we recorded, jokes. some of the jokes you tell in your events, which aren't allowed to be repeated, are world class. We just can't well, repeat them. <laughs> uh, I, I, was in, I was in London the other day, and there was a – I know quite a few comedians, and Paul Chowdhury is somebody I know is a friend, and there's another gentleman there that does a lot of uh, you know Apollo presentations there with thousands of people, and he asked me to come down and share – my relationship gig that uh, he thought would go sensational. And I said, well, I'll be glad to do it if you want me to come down to the, uh, and do a, a comedy gig. I, I'm not a comic, but sometimes some of the things I say are perceived funny. And um, I, I, if they perceive it funny, it usually means there's tragedy in their life and it's probably wise to get grounded. But, you know, I, I, I don't classify myself as a comedian, but sometimes I pull off a few things that apparently people laugh at. I'm noted for probably having the worst jokes in the world. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, you couldn't because that's my jokes. My, my uh, jokes are definitely the worst jokes in the world. <laughs> but do you reckon, Dr. Devoteddy, you know, jokes used to be a little bit off center. Like they weren't, but jokes were, they used to be funnier because they weren't PC. Um, and these days, the world appears to have become so PC that it's difficult to make uh, jokes without upsetting people. Do you reckon also in relationships, uh, that the PC nature of the world has become a bit of a an issue to the extent that it's 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 difficult to make sparks fly in relationships because you've got to be so PC. You don't want to upset the other person these days. Well, political correctness. I mean, if you look at the word politics, poly means many, and ticks mean bloodsuckers. So political correct. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of an oxymoronic uh, <laughs> statement. Uh, that's, bad, that's a bad joke right there, see? Oh, you, got me, you got me in stitches. <laughs> so, exactly what we've got in Australia. That's hilarious. I, 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 I'm um, right now with all of the sexual harassment things that are going on. Um, you know, they're attacking Donald about that now, which is interesting. Uh, they, they did Harvey Weinstein. I, I know personally many of the um, Hollywood people that I've interacted with and consulted with and stuff, they, some of them are very grateful for Harvey and some are very bitter because the ones that did get into the limelight, the other ones that don't mention Harvey in a negative light and the ones that didn't, um, that they thought they were abused by him. They're the ones now attacking him. 
So he's a, he's a, just a guy. He's, he's served people. There's some people that praise him and other people that reprimand him. And that's part of what leadership roles have to do. You, you, if you're not a hero and a villain, you're not going to make it to the top. You have to be both to be, you, you know, I always tell people in the breakthrough experience, you have to, you can't expect to get rid of half of yourself to love yourself. You have to be able to honor both hero and villain sides, saint and sinner. Because if I video recorded anybody long enough, I could pull out both sides of them. Yeah. Mm. And and I'm I'm both. I'm a hero and a villain. I try to be both purposely in my programs, some of them, not all my programs, but many of them, uh, to take, make sure that people don't put me on pedestals or pits. Mm. Because it, it, if I put both of them out there, it centers them. And it gives them permission to allow both sides of themselves out instead of trying to edit themselves all the time. Oh, I must, I'm, great. Yeah, I must commend you on that. It's one of my biggest takeaways from the breakthrough experience and from prophecy is the way that you're able to communicate to people that you're just a guy and to not uh, not put you up on a pedestal because generally 99% of the people walking into a room uh, that you're on a stage um, on is, is holding you up on a pedestal and I must commend you on that. You just mentioned... Harvey Weinstein, and one of the words that comes up, you mentioned villain. So one of the words that's going to come up is victim. Um, and I'm curious, Dr. Martini, you've done 1,130 editions of the Breakthrough Experience, which is just absolutely mind-blowing. But are you finding a theme or a trait um, come up more in the last 10 or 20 years? Because I know, I know for memory you do ask a lot uh, – well, you do ask for – people to raise their hands that feel like they've been a victim of a major event in their life. But I'd be curious to know whether you feel that it's, for want of a better term, on the rise. Well, our, our, we have a, a, a forebrain that is involved in the executive function, and we have more the hindbrain, which is involved in the animal functions, the basic necessities. The animal functions have a built-in impulse and instinct for prey and predator, seeking and avoiding um, pleasure and pain, Freudian. And the executive center is about objective reason and inspired vision and mastering life. And some people who are not filling their day with the highest priority actions that inspire them to awaken their executive center and to govern themselves and masterfully, they're vulnerable to going down and allowing their blood and glucose go down into their amygdala where they are impulsive and immediate gratifying and dopamine seeking and frightened. And they're the ones that are play victims of their history, not masters of their destiny. And because the multitude of people, majority people, 99% of it live in some gradation of that amygdala seeking dopamine seeking world, uh, they're vulnerable to the psychological model that sells to them this victim mentality and perpetrator mentality, this animal psychology. This is not master psychology. This is animal psychology, zoology. And the reality of life, the, the, the ultimate reality, which I call actuality, is something transcendent to that animal psychology. So I'm not a promoter of the victim thinking. I'm a believer that we have control over our perceptions, decisions, and actions, and it's never what happens to us, as William James, Father Modern Psychology, promoted. It is how we perceive it. I'm not a zeitgeist idea that society runs us. I'm a, I'm interested in people taking whatever happens in their life and using it to the greatest advantage so they can do something extraordinary with their life. In the breakthrough experience, I've had people 
of all walks of life who have been through just about every imaginable thing. I mean, I've, I've had the opportunity to have a woman that was raped by 100 men for three and a half days and turn it into something extraordinary and now become a leader of, of people. I had a woman who was um, raped by her father multiple times. And now she was recently honored by the Queen of England as, as one of the most powerful women and uh, because of it. Both of these women have been through uh, the breakthrough experience or, or the methodologies that I do to transform the perception of victimhood into masterhood. And so it is not what happens. So I had a boy in uh, who is 14 years old who had no mother and father because they died of AIDS and had nine brothers and sisters and was managing and raising the family at 14 and working in a brick stacking position at a brick manufacturing company for 60 cents a day, uh, turn into opportunity and inspire a thousand kids in his township. I, I, I've seen people, if you look very carefully, I had a boy come to me and says, well, I, my parents abandoned me. I'm an orphan. And, um, and I said, great. And I made a, I showed him a list of 700 celebrities that have done extraordinary things, including Sir Isaac Newton, who started that way. And, uh, and he said, you're kidding. And he said, so I said, you're in this category. This does not have to be in the way it has. It could be on the way. It's all about your perception. So we have the power to transform whatever we experience in life into opportunity, or we can use it as our victimhood. And personally, I find it um, not inspiring for people to run their stories to their little therapist, which spells the rapist. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm interested in helping people find out how whatever's happened in their life, no matter what it is, how they can use it to do something extraordinary with the world. Because the more challenges you've been through, the more power you have access to. Uh, so I'm not a promoter of victimhood. I'm, I'm more of a person who believes that there's a master of destiny waiting inside for them, yearning to express itself as their true nature. We'll leave it there on part one of this engrossing interview with Dr. John Demartini. Part two comes to you next week. But in between podcasts, make sure you head on over to drdemartini.com and immerse yourself in the work of one of the world's leaders in human behavior. To find out more about Demo, go to damienchristoff.com, myself, marcuspierce.com.au. A big shout out to everyone that makes this podcast possible, especially our editor, Joseph Tomo, Rosie Garner, our social media expert, and you, our loyal listener. As always, we'd love your feedback. You can go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out to provide it. There are over 20 different shows on the network. So see all 2,000 episodes in the archive at thewellnesscouch.com. Make sure you tune into The Wellness Guys for more of Damien Christoph. And as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.